This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Cork psych folk singer-songwriter Elaine Malone.
Psych Rock Improvisers The Bonk There with Heave and electronic three-piece Crevice with Anchorless. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're talking with singer, songwriter, improviser and confirmed land crab Elaine Malone. Elaine, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? How you well? Can't complain at all now. I must say you're keeping yourself busy over the last couple of weeks. Gigging-wise there's been a whole butt-ton of stuff with different projects and... Um, two single releases there in the past couple of months. How are you handling it all at the minute? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm kind of keeping myself together. Um, yeah, I've just been I've been keeping busy. I'm just like kind of you know like saying no to anything really. Um, I just really enjoying the work and just like getting the opportunity to do a bit of work. We'll get into your current schedule a little bit later on, but uh, as is now the tradition for Red on Red, let's kind of take it back a little bit to the outset of your body of work as a musician. Uh, we've kind of spoken a lot off the air about how we all got into music um, and specifically on social media you've told mm-hmm. stories about how how alternative rock really kind of informed your love of music from a very young age like in quite vivid detail um, kind of take us through a little bit of your kind of musical naissance and what kind of inspired you to take up music to begin with I I suppose you know there was always music at home not necessarily music I'd listen to now. You know, I think there was always ABBA playing in the car, which gives me PTSD now every time I hear it. But um, <laughs> you're looking forward to that movie coming like, up this summer, right? I think my my dad used to always listen to Leonard Cohen, and he used to call him Laugh a Lot Lenny and Simon and Garfunkel. And there was always like singer songwriters at home, and um, we listened to the radio a lot. But I suppose it's kind of something I didn't really come to understand until like maybe my early teens, and I think it was like Nirvana that did it for me. I think I got like a copy of Nevermind or something somehow anyway there was Nirvana ended up in my life um, and I remember being really small and looking at my brother's like mixtape or something and it had like rape me on it and I was like what the fuck I was like what's that about you know I think everybody has that Nirvana story about their childhood or at least you know people our age would have totally yeah and I remember used to like run home off the bus from school and the house would be empty for an hour and I'd turn it up really loud and I'd have a little dance um, and I think as well it was like you know when you've got four quid and that's your pocket money for the week or for the month who knows and it's like you're inside in golden discs and it's like I remember like a really pivotal one was like I had five euro and it was a huge deal it was like 13 or 14 I was in golden discs and it was like Jeff Buckley's Grace was four euro Queens of Stone Age Songs for the Dead was like four euro and I was like fuck which one am I going to get and I picked Jeff Buckley yeah. I think that's kind of informed a lot of like my life <laughs> like based on that decision and I used to listen to that every night like it'd be on like a loop and I'd wake up and it'd still be playing the next morning and I was just obsessed I used to consume it and I'm still the same way if I hear something I'm kind of like I really consume it as a thing I don't like can't just listen to it once and put it away and it's much to the chagrin of, of my boyfriend is just like can you stop playing that song again I was like no I need to <laughs> There's no substitute for just kind of getting that feed of something that you really, really love. Yeah, obsession, yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in Limerick, which is a really famed music town now at this stage, even yeah. 10, 15 years ago when stuff like yeah. Out in the Limb was happening. What was your experience with the scene in Limerick and what was going on in Limerick during your time there? Um, like, I'm from the rural part of Limerick, so I'm like at the Cork-Limerick border. Um, so Limerick was never really a space for me that I actually really explored. It was always like Cork was like the closest city because we're, we're that close to the border. Yeah. Um, I think it's only when I came to Cork that I started to learn about like Albert Toomey and Out in Lim and all these amazing things that were actually happening in Limerick when mm. I was 
quite young. But I suppose it was just like, it was a toss up for me between going to art college in Limerick or doing arts in Cork. Yeah. So it's like the rest is history. I'm here. I'm here now, and now I get to like meet the guys from DIYLK mm. and the, who are running those amazing gigs in pharmacy. A cruiser were down last week with slant crabs, and they're great, and they're just such positive energies, you know. And they're just putting on really great gigs. Everyone's got so much like positivity to put towards them because like they just really look after people, and that's a very special thing. In the meantime, you've moved down to Cork. You go to college. You eventually get a master's, and. You move out of consuming music and into creating your own. Kind of describe your kind of first steps into creating your own music and taking the influences that you had received and kind of making them your own. Um, I suppose like I'd always been like fiddling around with instruments and stuff. Like I'd kind of learned keyboard and got a guitar when I was 13. And um, I think it just started to change. It started becoming more of a compulsion um, to do that. But I suppose like with the style of stuff that I do as a singer-songwriter and I never like there was not a lot of other musicians around where I was in particular so like the idea of being in a band was kind of foreign to me at that point mm. it was only when I came to Cork I got the opportunity to play with other people which is a pity because I think it kind of delays your um, your education in some ways if you're not like playing with people it's quite um, I suppose it's like it's less of like an expression of what music actually is because playing with people is incredibly important yeah. and that's where you have the most crack like and I was looking I kind of got to remedy that recently with Hex and stuff but I suppose because I was like writing songs always and I'm a terribly um, terribly emotional human <laughs> so I was always like going on about something or other and writing poetry and things so it's like in the past few years it's kind of gotten to a point where I was like okay if you're going to do it do it don't wake up at 40 and think, shit, I should have done something about that. And now I regret not having done it. So you mentioned like after having come out of college that you found yourself at a little bit of a crossroads, like you've been handling small bits and pieces and singer songwriting stuff, etc. Yeah. Et um, but like anybody else that hangs around Cork, etc., you eventually kind of dis- start discovering the little community of musicians that kind of, that, that, that lies in the city's underbelly more so than anything else. You know, always playing the... The, the smaller venues and kind of make, making homes for themselves at different small venues around the place yeah. kind of how did you find your way into Cork's DIY scene I guess like with performing and stuff I'd done like little segue I was like I was I had done some acting in some theatre and stuff so I was like I had done performing and I had that love for that already so it was like open mic nights were a really handy way Um, I don't really know anyone that goes to an open mic night to listen to music really it's all people to play their own. It's everyone there. We're all, you all kind of go just to like cut your teeth and to fuck up. And that's really important. Like they're so important because like it was maybe doing a few open mic nights regularly enough, you know, because I was like, oh, free plant, great. Um, and like that's how you learn what it's like to, to play to an empty room or to someone who's not listening to you. Because that's the best learning. Like the best learning is a bad gig mm. for sure. And you kind of you you might come away feeling like absolute shit but at least next time you're like okay I've done this already and that's okay you've put together a playlist for us this week featuring Cork artists including the Altered Hours uh, with Hey No Way I fucking love the Altered Hours they've been um, a massive influence on me since I came down to Cork and just seeing what people can do and just their attitude and their ethic and the music is just fucking 
like that gig in St. Luke's or over Jazz weekend was one of the best things I've ever seen. Seriously, and, um, they don't know how good they are. Oh man, they're they're killer. Like, and you got Sam Clegg, uh, a regular uh, collaborator <laughs> within your circle with Melting Butter. Oh Sam, like <laughs> I fucking love Sam. Yeah, Sam's like one of my best friends. He's um. I know it's terrible to be plugging the people that you like your buddies with, but um, hey, this show wouldn't exist without it. <laughs> but Sam, like, uh, like he produced and engineered my EP with me, um, of which we will discuss later on. Ooh, um, Sam is one of the most virtuosic, like, musicians I've ever seen in my life, and his attitude is just so beautiful. And his arrangements on this song is like it's my absolute favorite of his Melting Butter, and his EP is out on Bandcamp, Balloons. Check it out, and just if you get a chance to see Sam play, it's just very transformative. He's great. We'll go straight into it. So, Sam Clegg with Melting Butter, but first the Altered Hours with Hey No Way here on Red on Red.
I finally come down from space to see your face. You don't pick up the phone, I wonder to your place. But you're so hard to find through crystal streets that bend and twine. Just like melting butter, there's a separation. I'm filtered through the cracks out of my mind. If my head is where I wander to your bed, where once I was more careful where my future tread. Sam Clegg there with melting butter here. On Red on Red, still joined in studio by Elaine Malone. And just before we went to tunes there, we were talking a little bit about kind of how you took the dive into songwriting, uh, etc. And kind of heading into open mics. But the art of getting out there and making the mistakes is kind of preceded a little bit by the art of throwing together thoughts uh, and the basic bits of theory, etc. And just kind of joining the dots on all of your ideas. Over the last couple of months, you've been playing a lot of tunes that have gone down really, really well and people are starting to really take to heart, um, which we'll get into a little bit later on. I suppose maybe take us a little bit into your creative process, I suppose the basic mechanisms uh, underneath it all, and maybe how it's changed over the years. So I suppose like writing, I'm not really capable of sitting down to write. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, it kind of comes in a whim. And like, I suppose like you kind of... I've had to come to terms with that I can't force it because it can be quite frustrating if you're like, okay, I would like a new song now, please. And um, it doesn't come, but I think with writing for me, it's very much like usually what kind of headspace I'm in and just sitting down with a guitar and just messing around and making mistakes. And some of like the things I love are just sounds that are dissonant and um, that shouldn't sound pleasing, but they do and I suppose that's kind of where a lot of my writing comes from is just making mistakes and I'm kind of I'm always like pottering around doing some kind of I was kind of writing something or thinking about some kind of idea that I want to develop and I think I have a lot more ideas than I actually make <laughs> so um, it's it's a slow thing and I suppose I don't I'm not an incredibly prolific writer I'm, it's just when it comes it comes Creating solo um, obviously you've written a whole bunch of stuff for yourself but in the process of putting together live shows and playing with a full band, you know, obviously you've been working with people like Josh, Samson and others in getting stuff arranged. When it comes to songwriting for the full band and the recorded versions of tunes that we've heard over the last couple of months, what was the process in assembling your full band and how does the creative dynamic change between the noises in your head and then throwing them out to other people and seeing what kind of twist they can put on it. I had wanted to work with Sam because I had such like respect for him as a musician and I trusted him like implicitly as well which is very important because I suppose like with certain kinds of I suppose like I find music to be a very vulnerable space sometimes especially because like subject matter can be quite an emotional thing so you kind of you do go into certain spaces when you are performing certain things you know it's kind of like so it's undeniable. And Sam kind of put the fire under my arse and was like, will you, you know, can I record you? And do you want to do this? And I was like, 
okay. And I, I suppose I kept putting it off for ages because I just didn't believe in it yet, you know. And I suppose like, you know, when you're starting out, you're like, oh, okay, I can make a total balls of this. But Sam is just such a, such a brain and just the best set of ears, you know. And then like, and it came to like, okay, what kind of instrumentation do I want to do? And like, it could be like a really simple thing, one guitar, one voice. And um, Sam was is incredibly responsible for a lot of the instrumentation that joined it. Some of like the more interesting things like bottles, like blowing into bottles and stuff. And it's so beautiful. And then Josh and Sonny, um, Samson, like they're great. They're like a twin rhythm section. Like where else would you be going, you know? <laughs> and Josh is so good at coming in and being like, okay, let's look at the structure. And he's got a drummer's brain. And um, they're just like, I love those boys so much. And they've just got such a great um, attitude towards music and they're so professional your songs as solo endeavours they're very full in sound even when you're playing solo in that you know the idea is there it's at the absolute centre of what you're doing and obviously the, f- the attention and the focus is on you on stage performing the very skeleton of these songs that one can imagine being expanded so to hear the songs themselves in full expansion alongside the, the other three lads as they've turned out it's quite a trip, really, and especially how you has turned out and how No Blood has turned out. When it comes to the performance on stage itself, what's it like kind of being in that headspace and kind of you've worked together to expand the sound of it, you've worked together to kind of um, to, to, to arrange this music. What's it like band leading that set of minds and that set of, set of musicians? It's interesting. Uh, like, it's easy when they're so good, you know, like they're there to support you and to make the music alive you know and they're incredibly gifted musicians so um, it makes my life really easy and it just takes some of the pressure of being up there by yourself and I think both are very different experiences um, and I enjoy both in different ways I think there's some songs that just like they need a drum behind it you know Mm. and it's like I really enjoy both but speaking of collaborations you have been part of an improvisation collective as well in town, kind of as an aside to what you've been doing um, by the name of Hex, which has obviously included members of The Altered Hours, Morning Veils, yourself, and a rotating door, really, of female improvisers. The band kind of came together around the week of the closure of Gulped Cafe uh, on Tobin Street, uh, which was attached to the uh, Triscoll Arts Centre. I suppose, really... Being that it was such a big week, and obviously it was your first gig that night as well with Land Crabs, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I suppose take us through what you were thinking that week and what your thoughts were heading into that first set with Hex. Hex was like improvisational in its kind of um, inception as well, I suppose. It was like, it was myself, Eilish Collins and Anamika Bishop had just had a chat. We really wanted to make something together. Um, It would be a really good thing to have maybe a bit more female representation in the in the wake for Gulp and that's kind of how it began and then Ashton O'Reardon and Elaine Howley were were involved from the very get-go and it was just that was like really interesting that gig I think it was lovely because it kind of scared the shit out of me because I'd never done improvisational music before and I'm only getting to understand it as as a style of practice and of play so that improvisation isn't just getting up and playing music and see what comes out. It's yeah. kind of like, it's a lot of, sort of history behind it too. And like, we've been very lucky that we've had the Improvised Music Club and we've had people like Dan Walt in Cork that's like, who are like 
there's a veritable scene in Cork of improvised music. And, you know, I think a lot of European cities maybe don't have that. No, they don't. And it's pretty fucking cool. We have an enviable collection of people. We have. And people who just, like, really want to create a better space for, like... Yeah, anyone could move, you know, we could emigrate to bigger cities where there's more opportunities, but like I think a lot of people are actually here are actually trying to create opportunities. Um for the people that are here. I think that's the best part about the city, more so than anything else is its community spirit. Yeah, for sure. That same week also, um you started as a singer on a kind of an on and off residency basis with uh Arthur Pawsey's Land Crabs. Um kind of noisy, punky, chaotic collective. Fuckwave. Yeah, I mean that that, that Fuckwave is the genre. Fuckwave. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that, that that gig has kind of gone down a little bit in memory already in that, you know, people still pe- people have uh, been talking about how the gig kind of sp- the performance spilled out into the crowd and all of this. Do please try and quantify what bringing structure to land crabs um, what are land crab in in um, entail entails. Land crabs is are a collective of humans that make very loud music um, and I don't know it's, it's very hard to describe what Loud Crabs is it's just, it, go onto the band camp and just look at um, the, the album cover and I think that of the most recent album Don't Fuck My Ass um, so it's like you know we've got Sibutio Panaflax is the main uh, progenitor of all the misdeeds um, and then there's the rotating members of which I am one on occasion as Garth Brooks then there is Mr. Dickhead and Bulbous Tip and Flem Residue, Billy Vacation, um, Clit Easthood. And I guess it's kind of like, I only realised that Crass um, were also a very loud collection of humans that had pseudonyms. And I was like, oh shit. But Artie's been doing this for fucking ages. And th- there ain't nobody like that guy. <laughs> there really ain't. No. So yeah, we'll head back to some music there. When we talk about improvisation in Cork, you can't really go without mentioning Phil Christie. And we've heard from one of his projects already this episode with uh, The Bonk. Uh, but you've got O Emperor with Make It Rain. I had the pleasure of playing a show with O Emperor in Connolly's at the end of last month. And that was like, it was so special to see them playing. Um, and like, Phil's an incredible musician. Like, I, there's very few people who have just such a like... Um, I don't know, it's hard to like describe this like well but it's like as an intellectual and a really insightful like understanding of music that is just like really transformative and just like can move through any genre and his brother Jimmy is great as well and the bonk that's why I love the bonk so much is because like a great collection of people like Philip Gorman on guitar got Jimmy playing drums you know and it's just such good music and following that we have Fixity with IYMTG yeah um, Fixity are incredible Dan's just Another fucking such a far out musician, um, and we're very lucky, very lucky to have him in Cork. I think we are. I mean, like just looking at what he's done with Fixity, um, but also just how he gets about as a session musician, just the variety and breadth and depth of project he's involved with, and especially what he brings to the community in terms of facilitating the Cork Improvised Music Club. There's always something new. There's always something so intriguing. We're getting to some tunes there. So this is O Emperor at Make It Rain and Fixity with IYMTG here on Red on Red.
Fixity with IYMTG here on Red on Red. Still joined in studio this episode by Elaine Malone, who's had a busy year of it this year. Um, obviously, you know, 2017 was a lot of kind of getting into your shell and exploring what could be done with both solo and three-piece performances. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this year, in a big way, Quarter Block Party really kind of handed you the brass ring in terms of opening festivities for this year's instalment. And it goes so well, you end up having to play other venues throughout uh, the Friary was completely not only just packed up upstairs but with a queue winding down the stairs and people listening from from the bar on the on the ground floor what's it been like so far this year in terms of dealing with the momentum that you've that you've garnered what have been your big takeaways from it it's been a very nice a very nice experience um being able to to play original music regularly and i'm, I'm very grateful for having given the opportunity and like Quarter was great. It was so nice. I think it was like the first time I'd had like a, a billing that was like kind of just m- like my band or whatever. Um, and it was like launching the single and um, as part of the festival. And that was like, that was beautiful. It was such a, it was such a nice day. It was just like two o'clock in the middle of the day. It was like super early and I was like, okay, you know, no one might come. And that's okay. I'm just going to play. That's going to be good. And with my friends. And that's the main thing. And I've been very lucky. I get to just play music with my friends, and sometimes people come and listen, and that's and that's great, you know. And I'm just I'm glad to be able to play gigs. It hasn't just been quarter block, though. I mean, yeah. like, there's been a whole bunch of different support slots and a lot of regular gigging, specifically in the roundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were part of the International Women's Day, which obviously made a huge impact in terms of presenting like a multimedia weekender of art as activism for women's causes. Um, you were the first solo artist on stage at the New Pavilion. I mean, just kind of all of these things kind of coming your way and also starting to release singles properly. Obviously, you mentioned there that you launched you for Quarter Block Party and obviously it got a lot of traction online. That was followed then on Good Friday by the No Blood single. How have you found the reaction, not only to these milestones, but also to the to the singles themselves? How they've made the jump from live to recorded? Mm. I suppose it's kind of hard to um, imagine how something is going to be when it's out, you know, and you can only, like, when you record something, you can listen to it as many different um, mediums as you can, you know, and try and get a full gauge of what it is. But it's like when it's out, it's out. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that's going to be on the EP, there's um, a lot of those are very old personal songs from, like, my late teens. And just kind of getting them out and away from myself, I think, is a is a nice thing. Because, like... You know, like art is is a it's a community and it's like um, it's a shared like thing that we have as humans. It's like we get to share our art, and um, I'm glad that I have the means to do it right now. It's just like I have the the songs to record and put out. You know, but obviously, like aside from the bigger milestones we were talking about there, and there has been a lot of things that have kind of happened this year. Most recently, you've been playing a lot of the together for yes fundraisers. Now, for obvious reasons, we can't explicitly state a position on the show, but I think you can take a a decent guess by looking at either of our Twitters as to how we feel about the yeah. uh, how we feel about the referendum. But specifically, playing together for yes fundraisers and working specifically as part of the community. What has that experience been like? You, you mentioned um, art as activism, and say like I think that's something that I really care about. Is this like using artistic means to either like like you can use it in a way that like generates um like publicity or like knowledge on a certain topic um like with the international women's weekend we use that as a thing it's like let's get like as many 
like friends of ours to contribute music and like their art to a space so that people can come and enjoy themselves like primarily but also donate to the domestic and um, sexual violence centre in Cork and there was like 1500 euro raised that weekend over like three or four days and which was astounding and it's like Margie and Fran Isabella and Emma did such amazing work you know and the sexual violence centre in Cork they do incredible work Mary and Dola are such they're inspirational women if you if you haven't had to avail of their services great but if you do you know you're going to be in safe hands and that's a tremendous thing for this city to have and like I work with a food company that's like vegan and like very very much an activism based group of people as well which I'm very very fortunate to have been involved in um, and I suppose like the release of the single No Blood I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, the story came out about Anne Lovett's um, boyfriend and that story was incredibly resonant with me for a long time. Just from reading it in like the Irish Times and like really caring for that human that I'd never met and just like feeling great sense of empathy toward her. I think as a as an artist, like you can either like resign yourself from involvement politically or else you can use your tools, whatever they are, you know, whether it be painting or visual arts or sculpture to try and like engage with the society that you're in and the political struggle and the social change that is happening right now, you know. And so I have been playing as many possible gigs with Together for Yes as I can because it's a cause I really care about. And each time I gleam some new information from maybe a stranger who's telling me about their own experiences. I think that's what art is a fucking amazing tool for social engagement and for, like, it's something that is not class-based or exclusatory in its inherent nature like I think it becomes um, exclusatory as a as a process you know um, and how it's like communicated towards people but in its innate sense everyone is capable of creating art and everyone has the ability to respond to art in some way and that's the beauty of it really isn't it and that's what's most important and that's um, that's why I just want everyone to fucking play music all the time we should all endeavour to try and make like the best art we can you know like but also, that doesn't mean if you don't automatically make something amazing on your first go that you should stop. And like we, we should be um, enabling each other to um, to create. And it's very exciting when you see younger people coming coming up with new ideas. You know. From there, we'll go to some more tunes. Again, we're dipping into Cork's improv community with uh, senior infants with the opening track to their Shift America uh, record with Step. They're great. Um, they're really good. It's great music to dance to, which is which was a lovely thing. Um, they played uh, New Year's Eve in Gulp, God rest its soul, a few years ago, and it was just fucking great. And CBC was spitting on the mic with them. Step, yeah, step. No pun intended. <laughs> Have you heard his new record? No, I haven't. I missed his launch, unfortunately. But and you got arthritis with Who? small boats for strange seas. Yeah, I've never met him. Um, he's a very interesting man. I've just been following him online for a long time. Oh, I see. I just think he's like really, really cool and he's not from this world. But yeah. How far do you think Lucon 5 is from Cork? Who knows, you know? I think he's kind of like K-Pax. You know, the Kevin Spacey movie, I feel like he is K-Pax. But before we head to space, we're going to head straight out to America. This is Senior Infants with Stapp here on Red on Red.
Arthritis with small boats for strange seas here on Red on Red. Just before we wrap up this week's episode of the podcast, Elaine, you've had two very successful singles now launching in the past couple of months. There's an EP on the way. Maybe take us a little bit into the process of putting the EP together. I know we've kind of discussed songwriting and arranging with your collaborators, but maybe take us into the recording and post-production of the EP. Um, the recording was done um, this, this beautiful little studio called Sammy Road. Um, you know, as kind of real DIY kind of vibe. You know, it's mm. like mattresses against the wall and um, cables everywhere. Um, and it was actually a bedroom um, where it was recorded, Sam Clegg's bedroom, and um, it was great. It was just very much like let's do this when we when we can and when we feel like we're in the space for it. And um, it's kind of, it's been in the process for about two years, I suppose, really. It was like the first recording. It was from maybe like two years ago, I think, of maybe some of like the, the vocals and things. Um, so it's funny because my voice has dropped considerably since then. But I really, uh, I was so fresh to the whole recording process. So I was kind of like so green about it. Um, but it was good because I could just ask questions. And Sam's like a really, really engaged and like really thoughtful producer. And is very much like, has got a, like a great idea about how things function and like how um, how things work together. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and I suppose the EP will be out soon. And heading up to the release of an EP, obviously you've got another few gigs ahead of you, etc. What's on the horizon for Elaine Malone and um, her barrage of projects? <laughs> I suppose this week I'm supporting a band called The Shacks from America. Um, they're really cool. And they're playing in Cypress Avenue on Saturday night. It's going to be a big night. Hopefully we're celebrating. And then I'll be doing Corkulow's music with yourself as part of Right Here Right Now in Dapra House. I'm going to just go to festivals this summer. I'm just going to go, <laughs> which is really nice. Yeah, I have a few things in the woodwork lined up. Some announcements hopefully coming soon. And where can people check out your music online? Um, so I've stuff on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, so wherever you want to stream it from. That's all from this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thanks a million to Lane for coming in. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, share this on your social media, and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Elaine, you're sending us off with another selection from your playlist. You've got Anamika Bishop with Arbor, of course, uh, her most recent single released there a couple of weeks ago via the usual streaming services. Anamika's amazing. She's such um, such an amazing singer and just a musician. Like She's got this incredible ear. And uh, I, I get to play with her in Hex, which is so enlightening. Um it's funny, it's like when we kind of play together, we stare the absolute shit out of each other. It's very funny. We just like kind of realized, oh, I've just been staring at you for the last hour. Great, <laughs> you know, and it's like that was a really good learning experience was getting to improvise, but also with such a great musician as Anamika and like everyone in the group has got this incredible energy and they're all coming from different like areas of learning and like instrumentation and it's like it's beautiful yeah I hope we get to do some more hex shows again this is Anamika with Arbor this has been Red on Red we'll talk to you next week Rusting in a restless seat this heavy curtain moves no play 
on Red Podcast on redfm.ie. Um, Clit Yeast Hood. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> oh, there's loads, you know. 